What it is, what's up? Got your podcast in the cut. Uh, the Telesis, a societal podcast. And Auburn basketball, one of the greater enigmas that the world has to offer, um, has had a hell of a you know season. Some highs, some lows. Uh, I would contend that we beat two of our rivals that seem to have more of an online presence. That being um, the great <laughs> Penny Hardaway and Memphis basketball, as well as now uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, lost to Alabama, but I think that probably the closest thing to a W that you could count as a loss with the return of Sharif Cooper and uh, pretty much had that game in hand before he went AWOL. Um, you can chalk up to exhaustion uh, to just not – having history being the moment, at least on this level, you know, whatever. But very encouraging game. I think it's Kentucky one. Also was encouraging for a couple of reasons. Um, but I would be remiss to not start with uh, looking at it from a historical perspective because that's what Bruce preached. Um, I'm not exactly sure the history uh, behind winning this specific game, but looking at the series as a whole, this game, winning it just does, in my opinion, a lot to exemplify um, how far we've come, and I'm going to give you an anecdotal, you know, just, I guess, uh, countdown of what happened. So, 2015, I'm in my last year at my first high school, uh, which I was in that city for 10 years, uh, so very, very tenured, and I was just on cruise control, um, but then, you know, we're, we we go to a, a key club, which, you know, a key club is a service club. We go to a service club trip and, you know, there's pretty decent hotel. Um, not going to say the location because I don't want anybody to dox me, but a uh, pretty nice location. Um, and I turn on, just flip through some channels and I see Auburn basketball um, listed. I'm like, Auburn basketball? I wonder what was that about? And I, I you know, this Probably my one of my I want to say my first time I ever watched an Auburn basketball game, um, and it was crazy. It was crazy. It was fun. It was a fun game. Um, I think it was Auburn against LSU, something to that effect. And it was it was a fun game. And then I see Kentucky on. I think later that that same day, uh, I want to say later that same day. And Kentucky's like you know beating someone's ass at this point. You know they were they were I believe thirty and oh or twenty nine and oh something like that. Um, something, something like that, something crazy, and I was very aware of how many wins they were deep because everybody was that year. And we get into it, and you know, a couple of days later, I believe Auburn plays Kentucky in the championship after a miracle run. They get smacked up. They get they get smacked up quite a bit. Ninety one to sixty seven. Uh, Auburn, I believe, had their second best player suspended, and then two other dudes hurt. So just you know, run on fumes at that point and going against arguably the greatest run uh, ever, ever, uh, <laughs> ever in the modern history, history of basketball, maybe ever. Um, a team that had Devin Booker coming off the bench, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, um, the Harrison Twins, who were at least pretty good college players, uh, Tyler Ewis, I believe, and just a wealth of other guys. Um, Smack the hell out of us. But it turns out the next, next, next year, uh, January 16, 2016, Auburn 
in Auburn Arena would take down number 14 Kentucky. Now, to give some context to how amazing that is, I can't do it vocally, but to just give some context to it, if you go back down one and go back to that SEC tournament, and I'm just looking at serious history right now, that was a win. The game before that was a win. And this is Kentucky for Kentucky. Win, 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 win. It took 16 years for Auburn to win a game. And this was a game they were favored. They were favored at. They were a top four team. Kentucky was 20th. And they won by three points. And before that, before that, and they before that, it was an SEC game where SEC tournament game where again Auburn would drop again as a favorite, but they would drop the game by twelve to Kentucky. So it, it's more than just a talent thing; it was a mental thing. The game before that, January 20, ninety nine, number six Auburn at number seven Kentucky, again another loss by double digits. It's a psychological thing; they could not psychologically run with Kentucky. At any point, almost they be literally the entire millennium. They have one win that opened the entire millennium up. It took 16 years for them to win again. And this was upset. And from there, it stopped being an upset. Kentucky at uh, Kentucky at Auburn, number 10, 2018, the uh, first really good year from the uh, Bruce Pearl era. 10-point L for Kentucky. Kentucky versus Auburn, regional final, lead eight. L for Kentucky. Kentucky at Auburn 2020, the uh, undefeated, or the at one point defeated season, almost a 10-point L for Kentucky. And then even the last game they played that season was a game that Auburn ran with them almost the entire game. It was just really, really bad at the end. They, they um, were letting quickly get to the line. Uh, quickly was just crazy that game. Massey had a good game as well, but quickly was – you know, they were just eating the line. They had more size, granted, and guys got in foul trouble. But, you know, that was a tough game. I think Auburn had a really rough stretch at that point, kind of running off fumes. And listen, Rupp is a whole different challenge. But from what I got from the previous game, if Justin Powell can come back right, they're winning in Rupp. If you want to know the last time he won in Rupp, I can, I can pull it up for you, but I don't think you're going to want to hear this out. I'm looking. I'm looking right now. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm still scrolling. The last time they won in Rupp, I believe it's the only time they won in Rupp. I may be wrong about that. I probably am wrong about that. But the one time, at least the last time I saw they won in Rupp, 1988. And they won by one. And it was number one Kentucky, but they won by one. That's like a coin flip. And that Nazi motherfuckers arena, Adolph Rupp, they've won once since 1988. Your parents, if you were born like the past, I don't know, 15 years, your parents might have been like in elementary school the last time you went in Rupp. Just think about that for a second. But I think they can do it. Uh, They looked, to me, once Cooper stopped chucking threes and once the team just stopped chucking threes, they looked... In my opinion, like a like, I won't say leagues better than Kentucky, but it looks significantly better than Kentucky. In my opinion, I think that Calipari is being exposed more and more as the season goes on with his rotations. 
Uh, people will say, oh, well, he could just play Allen and um and uh, Toppin a little bit more. That This motherfucker has had rotation issues his whole time there. He's not good at – he's not good at SNOs, in my opinion. And I think that's a fact. But I also think he's very good at management. Him, that's just something he, he has done in the past. He says, in my opinion, had a bad feel for momentum when it comes to certain players that aren't the bigger names versus the smaller names. Allen is a cool dude. Toppin is great. But they're not the Brooks and they're not the uh, BJ Boston, who's fucking terrible. Um, but, hey, if BJ Boston to Auburn, I would have loved to have him. But, <laughs> but the point being, they they – I don't think Cal can do that. He want to say if 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 I don't think Cal can do that. I think it's more of a a, a guarantee that Armin could take a little bit less shots from a guy who can't shoot currently. And Cooper's great, maybe the best point guard in the draft other than the Suggs. But he can't shoot right now. His shot is not functional at this moment. It just it's not. You take that away from just let him drive or let him create. And I know guys were missing outside of him, but. He was he was a brick master, and um, I think I'd rather have the guys around him shoot, especially Cambridge. That's where we get to my takeaways. I hope you guys were cool with that long ass intro, but we're gonna get to my takeaways finally. Um, takeaway number one. Um, gotta give a shout out to the defense. Uh, if you look at the shooting percentages for Kentucky, forty percent from the floor, twenty three point five percent from three, and fifty six point three percent from the strike. That is not defense. Bobby Dam, that isn't a good ass job. <laughs> they also out rebounded Kentucky and uh they forced they did not force more blocks or steals. This is a team that had eleven blocks the uh, other day, but unfortunately could not reach that uh precipice today. Or not today, but when the game this is Sunday, the game occurred yesterday. They did force more turnovers, uh had four or less. And had one less personal foul. So they did play cleaner than Kentucky, which is usually something that comes down to offense more than defense. But I believe their defense also made it very tough. If you can think to the charge that I think it was Cambridge um, forced from one of their goons on Kentucky. Um, <laughs> I think it was Olivier Starr or somebody like that. But Auburn played, played smarter on both ends, in my opinion. Uh, there's a couple of guys in Kentucky that played well. Um, I loved what's his name, uh, Toppin. Toppin was immediate hustle. Uh, whenever he was in, I felt like he's probably the one of the best bigs they had as an option. Uh, Olivier Sartre was pretty decent in my opinion. I don't know why he only got four minutes. He played great on defense, from what I figured, but uh, he had a couple of good blocks. I don't know if he played good defense necessarily, but he had a really good couple of blocks. Uh, but only four minutes for Olivier Sorry, he might got hurt or something to that effect. Um, and then Allen was probably their best guard. Uh, I think it was either him or – I think it was him that would defend Cooper every time he got in. It's one of the light-skinned cats, so it was either him or Askew. But they were just biting the shot of Sharif. I think it was, I think it was uh, Askew. But they were biting the shot of Sharif on and off the ball. Uh, they were making his life hell. And I, I just want to, like, use this game as a reference. It was Askew. Use this game as a reference for a second to say that first takeaway. Matter of fact, my second takeaway. Second takeaway, Cooper is not NBA ready physically or scoring-wise. I don't think we're going to look at his scoring products of the past two games and kind of look at his in the second half of this game, which 
lot cleaner for him uh, than the first half, but he is not able to handle strength that well. Um, if you go back to the Alabama game, I recognize it even then, but other matchups allowed him to do a little bit more. Um, the Herb Jones, I think, uh, who is probably maybe the SEC's best defensive player this year, uh, handled Cooper on and off the ball, like made his life hell. Herb Jones and occasionally Bruner did too, I remember. Now, Cooper was very sly. He did kind of get past there, uh, showed his mid-range off quite a bit, had some impressive finishes, had a good scoring game, but physically was getting pushed around by Herb Jones quite a bit. In this game, like I said, Askew, uh, a little bit of Allen, Keon Brooks, uh, those guys, when matched up on him, were, were just pushing him around. He was not able to even get to the ball sometimes because of how they were defending him. And it's not like people are going to say, oh, isn't that body, isn't that foul? There's a way to defend somebody well uh, with a little bit of body that's not foul. It's kind of a gray line sometimes. But I said uh, say, say that to all to say that Cooper, even though he put on quite a bit of weight um, this past offseason, still physically needs to – I don't necessarily if it's more putting on more weight versus just figuring out how to kind of maneuver his body, contort his body to just get off of guys easier. And you could also say maybe it should be more off-ball pick, something like that, to get him open. Yeah, probably, but on a college level, you just won't get much of that. Um, Chris Paul, I think he he's he's, like, he's really stout. Um, he's built like different Cooper. I would say Cooper is built more like a, a taller Eulis, Tyler Eulis, who I mentioned earlier, where he's just very lean. He's going to be lean. His fringe does not behold more weight in his style of play. As quick as he is, he does not need to hold a lot of weight. But Chris Paul, what he also does, other than just being a rolling mound of get open and pound town, uh, is be swift. I mean, he's he's very good with his body fakes off the ball. He can get to the ball pretty easily most of the time. Uh, he doesn't get handled very often. So, that, I mean, there's something to be said for that for uh, Chris Paul. Trey Young, another guy that's smaller that is able to get open. Uh, you just got to – I think Cooper just needs to work on some of his direction, the misdirection off the ball, but definitely not ready at this moment to play in the NBA. Not to even mention his shot, which is not functional at his height. Um, as slow, comes above his head. Uh, when he's matched up his NBA point guards, usually about six one to six two ish, um, him being like maybe five eleven, he's gonna get a shit smack quite often. Just to be honest with you, um, so it's it just not—it's not a threat right now, even either. Like he would probably be Rondo status if he went to the league right now, which is not where you want to be at um, as far as the score. It's just tough. I mean, even Rondo, like. Rondo can create, but, like, Rondo is not somebody that you can play, like, 82 games with. Uh, you also have to – Rondo play, like, one of the best teams in Lakers history. Um, and late, Rondo made a lot of that happen himself with his offensive creation. But, you know, that, that was a really good team. And especially in comparison to the actual league, it was very good. Um, I don't think Cooper will be playing on any Lakers-level teams whenever he gets drafted. So I think he should come back. I think it would be the best form. Uh, definitely to figure out a little bit more things to spend his arsenal. Uh, so number one, defense was great. Number two, Cooper is not leaving, physically not ready to leave yet. Um, number three, I think um, – shout out to Mo Southwest Grill. Um, 
I think number three. I think this is a team that can run the table. I, I think. I think so. Look at the SEC at large. Uh, LSU is defensively horrible. Um, they score and they score and shout at Cam Thomas. Maybe the SEC freshman of the year if Cooper uh, does not end up going back up in his trajectory. And even then, I mean, Tam- Thomas is putting in more work, you know, over a longer course of games. So you can still contend that he should be rookie of the year, maybe. But Cooper um, is playing at, at, as far as facilitating goes, this game might be even better than his other games. Uh, shots just did not fall on the same rate. Um, but he could have easily had about 13, 14 assists. I mean, some of those games could have like 17, 18. But facilitating has been up there just where it needs to be at. Uh, I think as games progress, I think Paul will be closer. I don't know when he'll come back. Uh, he, he did take a nasty fall. And that, you know, it. I think they're being safer with him than they would if they were competing for a seed or a tournament. Uh, but concussions are tough. Sometimes you have short concussions that you just kind of symptoms come by and, and leave after a couple of days. And sometimes you have longer window ones. And usually if you fall from like just a straight drop that he did, I think you tend to have longer window ones. So I think he'll probably be back in a, maybe within two or three games, but it's just guesstimation. Uh, JT Thor looks like a legitimate NBA player. Uh, still needs to add a couple of more things, I think, to his consistency. Um, his shot is not consistent, uh, at least from outside. Uh, he does not ball handle as much as he should. But if you let him get to his spot, such as uh, off a um, off a back cut, and he can kind of get around to the the rim one-on-one and, like, an isolated side, like you just kind of have him on one side and everybody else on the other side. Uh, he's been money from there. His mid-range is very nice. Uh, his free throw shot, I believe he's been one of the better shooters from the stripe. Went 2-2 two two in this game. Um, rebounding at a great level. Obviously, defensively, I mean, he kind of opened the game up with his defense, him and Flanagan, uh, towards the end of the second half. I mean, they just phenomenal players. Uh, Flanagan is looking just as steady on offense as ever. Uh, perfect from the stripe. Still not the biggest fan of his shot creation sometimes. Maybe more, more so his shot selection. Um, I think he could come back, but with the grades he's receiving, I don't think it would help. I don't, I don't know why he would, but with his stats, the way they are now, the way he is as an offensive player, he probably won't, but we'll see. Uh, Jamar Johnson had an off game, but he's been pretty steady, I would say, in the past few games. Uh, Jalen Williams is – a really interesting offensive player, a uh, great rim runner, kind of good at being around the rim when Powell, uh, not Powell, but Cooper is driving. A uh, good feel and good chemistry with Cooper. And being one of the few players on this team that hasn't played with Cooper already, I think that's very impressive. Or didn't play like, you know, years ago, AOT, um, AAU, however, high school, whatever. Uh, Cambridge, necessary spacer with, with uh, Cooper. I, when when people talk about Cooper unlocking other guys, Cardwell and Cambridge have been beneficiaries. Those two are just have been phenomenal offensively with um Cooper. I think Cambridge would be a lot better. He still can't finish very well at the rim. He's not good at dribbling, but as far as the complimentary piece, he's doing his thing. And Cardwell, of course, is, is as well. Uh honed down the center position whenever he gets in. Uh kind of is just sucked in all Akimbola's minutes. Uh, Javon Franklin is, is good at existing. Uh, <laughs> I don't try to be mean, but I don't know what he does in the court, man. He really doesn't do much, much except clog up the paint. Uh, but 
he's there, you know, another kind of guard that can kind of give Cooper a rest at time to time. And this team just, I mean, when you think about the quality of looks they get from three, Powell, who I believe is still the best three-point shooter in the league, um, not the league entirely, but the conference, um, I mean, you just think about the looks he's getting or it looks like Jamal Johnson's getting, it looks that like Jalen Williams is getting, the looks that, you know, uh, Cambridge is getting, even though he puts his down in the rim. The, you have a sniper getting those versus those guys who are kind of like, at best, like, like hunting rifles, maybe, like, maybe. This dude's a bona fide sniper. And I look at, you know, I'm not looking at the uh, schedule right now, but as I go to it, um, I mean, look at the setup. Arkansas, that's going to be a tough one, but they played Arkansas pretty well without Cooper. Um, something to be said for that. I know they're playing in Arkansas this time. Arkansas just got railed by Alabama. South Carolina, that should be a W. Uh, this is going to be a tough stretch right here, two-game stretch you might see in the entire conference. Missouri and at Baylor, that's going to be uh, very, very tough. Uh, those should probably both be L's, but if you can pull Missouri out, I think you feel a lot better about Baylor. And um, the Baylor game is about 14 game, 14 days away, so uh, you could probably get Powell back by then. You're going to need him. Uh, Davion Mitchell, he's a fucking dog right now, dude. Uh, Georgia, Mississippi, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Mississippi State, LSU, Florida. You can, we can run the table on that. I mean, home and away or beside, you can run the table on that reasonably and feasibly. Uh, now, when you get to versus Tennessee, again, in Auburn Arena, uh, and at Alabama, that's going to be tough. But I think, they have a, I think they have a chance to run the table. Let me say that. I think if you have Powell come back and he can look close to where he, he appeared to be at um, before he got injured, you could talk to me and make me convinced that they can run the table. I would probably, if I was being realistic, I'd probably predict L Missouri, L Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. Is that you say? I don't know why my mouth thought that Baylor, um, Baylor, <laughs> L Baylor. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go L LSU. And then I think we actually beat Tennessee and Alabama. If everybody's healthy, they can play. I think we beat those two. I just think we have such an advantage over Tennessee mentally. And Tennessee's offense also isn't that great. It's probably going to be a slugfest kind of the game we just got past. But I'm very interested in the rest of the season. And I don't believe we can play in the SEC tournament, although I, I think if we could, we'd probably be a top three team, in my opinion, going into that. Um, but I think that Missouri game is going to really reinforce my thought process about that because – Missouri is, in my opinion, the definitive fourth best team in the SEC right now. I'd probably have Arkansas. I don't know if they play Arkansas yet, but I'd probably have Arkansas, Alabama, and Tennessee above them currently. Um, but they're they're a really good team. They have they have some very impressive wins, um, and there's some not so great losses. I mean, a 15 point out of Mississippi State. They they actually beat Arkansas by 13 and lost to Mississippi State by 15. That's that's not a good look. Uh, so I've, I guess I'd probably have them number three right now because Arkansas did get their back blown up by Alabama. So I'd have them number three. I guess if we can win that game, we look like the defender third best team in the SUC. But we'll see how that goes. I hope you all enjoy the content. Uh, I'll try to make you shorter next time, but I can't promise anything. Um, rate, share, subscribe, however you can do that on your end. 
Uh, and please just share. You know, that's all I can ask for. Just, just share. Enjoy your day. Watch more Auburn basketball. Top five next season without a doubt. Shout out to Jabari Smith. Hope he stays committed. I think you just need – I really, I think you need Cooper to return. And I think you need Powell to return, which I think is definite at this point. You need Thor to, to return. I think you can afford to lose Flanagan. Um, you don't want to, obviously, if you could, but I think you can afford to lose him, especially if you can get um, – I think his name is Wesley Cardet, very similar build player, at least defensively. He'd probably be closer to uh, Flanagan last season versus Flanagan this season, but that's still a very key rotational player. And honestly, guy, you won't need the scoring or the decent facilitating from Flanagan that you get from this season with the guys, Trey Alexander, uh, Jabari, Powell, hopefully playing the full season. You kind of won't need that facilitating or that scoring much. So really just a good, long defensive guy would be enough. And I think Flanagan is probably the most indispensable or the most dispensable out of the guys. And I hope he stays. If he gets a, a lottery projection, by all means, go. It works better for us in recruiting. If you can say, I put Chumo Kiki in the league at 16, which is right outside the lottery. I put Okoro number five, which is obviously in the lottery. And you say, I put, I don't know, Flanagan at 14, like Brooklyn or somebody like that. Two lottery picks. Three top 16 guys, and then obviously you get to 2022 where you have Jabari top five, um, Sharif probably top 16, uh, Powell potentially a first-round pick maybe, depending on how that goes for him. JT Thor potentially a top 20 pick. You look good. You look good in recruiting, and that's where I think Auburn needs to be at, is looking good in recruiting, and then next season get the title. I mean, I want the title more than I want the recruiting buffs, but get the title first. Hopefully next season will be a title contending season. All right, peace.